glitch in the matrix in my school. This isn't exactly a horrifying story, so don't get too disappointed if you're not terrified. For background, I'm a 15-year-old Irish fellow called Ross. I go to school in Ireland. I am now in third year. At the start of second year, a new fellow joined the school. I was in charge of showing him around and we've been good friends ever since. He is Portuguese and his name is Tiago. I'll call him Tick for the story. His school bag is a fairly small, bright red bag. He is a bit shorter than me. His hair is quite short and brown in color. This will become important momentarily. I sat at the bench and waited. Tig was the first other person in our group to arrive. He rounded the corner and left his bag down. The realization hit him hard. He wasn't in the bathroom. I asked him if he had already been out there to which he answered that he hadn't. He had no reason to lie. Now, I know what you're all thinking. It was someone else. First of all, the person I saw looked the exact same as my friend from the back. Second of all, no one else in the school has that bag, to my knowledge. I haven't seen anyone else with it, that is. Third, the only place the person could have gone, without sprinting down the stairs which I would probably catch a glimpse of anyone, would be the bathroom. No one came out of the bathroom that I didn't see enter it. Finally, my friend is a fairly distinct character. Not many people have the same body build as him. Like I said at the start, it's not exactly terrifying, but I do believe it to be due to a glitch in the Matrix. The Stalker I was 16 and me and my friends I'll call Evan and Jake, wanted to rent a hotel for the night since it was spring break. We got to the hotel and checked in. It had a really funky smell but we still stayed there. Once we got to a room it was about 3pm so we decided to go swimming. The pool was downstairs departed from the hotel once we got to the entrance there was a man at least 6 foot 3 in all black with a hood covering his face facing us. I panicked a little but not out loud. We got into the pool and slammed for a few hours until we saw that man again, all black sitting on a chair by the pool. I cleared my throat, um can I help you, sir? I asked. No response. I still ease a little paranoid. I put my face in the water, and at the bottom of the pool was another figure that was all black. I screamed like a little girl and ran for the door. I looked back and saw nothing, not the guy in the chair or the guy under the pool. My friends thought I was just seeing things but I saw what I saw as clear as water. I didn't feel like swimming anymore so I decided to get dinner at a nearby restaurant. I got a table for me and my friends to sit at and there I saw once again the man all in black on the other side of the dining room and was staring at me. I have had enough. I went over there and I lost track of him and he took off. After we had I decided this trip has gone too far and we should leave tomorrow morning but my friends didn't like that idea. Once it was 10.30, I and my friends doze off in the hotel room. I woke up to some noises. I saw a shadow of a figure at the end of my bed. I calmed myself down and told myself that it was my hat that I put there before I went to bed. I went to bed and got woken up again 30 minutes later to more noises. I was getting thirsty so I reached under the bed and tried. I was not ever more scared in my life I couldn't help but to scream at the top of my lungs when I heard a voice next to my ear say, You're a bitch. I jumped out of bed and realized it was two men in black right there I tried to fight them but it was no use once they grabbed me and dragged me out of that room. I tried to scream but that guy was covering my mouth. I passed out and woken up in a stretcher. It turned out those guys knifed me while I passed out and someone caught them. But the doctor said no one could catch the guys who got me. To this day I always have a nightlight at night so I'm not scared. 19 Chestnut Street Part 1 I have been staying in this house for some time now. I grew up here.
so I know every nook and cranny of this house. My parents moved out a while ago, leaving me here to take care of the place, I assume. They didn't say anything to me. They just packed their stuff and left. I guess they rent it out, from time to time, as I've seen many people come and go. Some were cool, some were assholes. But, all in all, it hasn't been that bad. I stay in the attic. I turned into a bedroom a while back. It's a little crumped, but how much space does a guy like me really need? Sometimes, when I'm bored, I like to sit up there and reflect on some of the people I've came in contact with during their stay here. Like, the businessman, Mr. Reynolds. He was cool. Mid-thirties, ladies' man. Kept this place looking sharp. For the ladies, of course. He was always talking to some Chinese-looking guy on what he called his laptop. I don't really know what that is. Like, the businessman, Mr. Reynolds. He was cool. Mid-thirties, ladies' man. Kept this place looking sharp. For the ladies, of course. He was always talking to some Chinese-looking guy on what he called his laptop. I don't really know what that is. Then one day he just disappeared. Some people came and took his stuff shortly after that. I wonder whatever happened to him. Anyway, then there were, what I like to call, for lack of a better term, the high guys. Two stoner buddies that like to sit around all day, drink beer, play video games and get stoned. Who am I to judge anyone? To each their own, I always say. But, they trashed this place. I can't have that. I tried everything I could to get them out of here. But they were so high, most of the time, they thought I was a hallucination and laughed it off. I stayed in my room the day the cops came to the house and take them away. Who's laughing now? There's been many families moving and out. None of them really stayed too long. Moms and dads, with a couple kids. Sometimes, just mom and kids. Sometimes, just dad. Aside from a few screaming matches and the sounds of lovemaking, on occasion. We all seemed to pretty well get along I really enjoyed playing with the kids, though. They're so much fun, playing hide and seek, duck duck goose, games like that. It made me feel alive. I really miss those kids but now, now they're Susan. She moved in about six months ago. Susan is amazing. She's single with no kids. Though she does have a cat, Oscar. Oscar doesn't like me, at all. Every time we come in the room, he stands up curls his back and hisses at me, like he's ready to attack. I don't want any trouble, so I just leave Oscar alone. Susan goes to work early every morning and doesn't return till late at night, sometimes after dark. I don't know exactly what she does for a living, but I'm sure I will find out eventually. Street Part 2 Final Good Evening What you're about to hear is a dramatized audio translation of the events that occurred at 19 Chestnut Street July 25, 2018 starting at approximately 9.08 p.m. and ending at approximately 9.27 p.m. This translation was taken from video surveillance cameras and audio microphones placed in the living area, kitchen, upstairs hallway, and master bedroom of the home. Translation goes as follows. 9.08 p.m. Susan Meyer, former lead investigator for the Hamilton Paranormal Research Center, arrives at the home and enters through the front door. 9.09 p.m. A small manila folder sitting on the coffee table, begins to shake, and eventually takes flight, in the direction of Mrs. Meyer, striking her between the eyes, causing a small cut in her skin and tiny droplets of blood to flow down her face. 9.10 p.m. A large curio cabinet to her right seems to move out, by itself, about three inches from the wall and crash to the floor in front of her, pinning her between it and the front door, 
At which time, Mrs. Meyer screams, Michael, why are you doing this? 9.11 p.m. A low humming sound is heard. The volume intensifies and forms into what appears to be a voice saying, this is my house. 9.12 p.m. All lights, under surveillance, start turning on and off by themselves. Doors opening and closing repeatedly. The front door opens so hard that it strikes Mrs. Meyer in the back, knocking her over the broken cabinet and onto the floor, dropping her purse in the process. 9.13 p.m. What appears to be a strong of wind blows through the living area, so hard that it knocks over a table lamp and several knickknacks off the shelves, sending them crashing to the floor below 9.15 p.m. From the floor, Mrs. Meyer screams, Michael, stop. I know this is your house. I know. Stop. 9.16 p.m. A small cat enters the frame from the bottom left corner of the screen and immediately flies backwards off screen. The sound of it hitting the wall and scurrying away is heard soon after. 9.18 p.m. All activity stops. Mrs. Meyer stands, grabbing my purse, and says, Michael, listen to me. I know you're mad. I don't want you to leave. I want you to stay. I quit my job today to be with you. I want to be with you here in this house 9.21 p.m. What appears to be a large massive black frog appears on camera forming into what looks like a person. 9.22 p.m. Staring directly into the fog, Mrs. Meyer says, Michael, I can finally see you. I love you, I love everything you do for me, and now, we'll always be together. 9.24 p.m. Reaching into her purse, Mrs. Meyer produces a small handgun and places it to her temple. 9.25 p.m. All video surveillance cameras shut down and lose signal. Only audio remains 9.26 p.m. One single gunshot is heard, then the sound of a something heavy hidden floor. 9.27 p.m. All transmissions are lost. The body of Susan Meyer was found dead after a neighbor called 911 to report what sounded like a gunshot. Officers arrived on the scene to find the house in disarray and Mrs. Meyer's bloody corpse lying on floor in the living area. The victim of an apparent suicide. The body was taken to the county morgue where cause of death was confirmed. The results for case number 137 are as follows. The home is believed to be completely consumed by a malevolent, evil spirit. Any further investigation may result in injury and or death of another member of this organization. I will not take that risk. Case number 137 is now closed and will never be spoke of again. My condolence. Shout out to the amazing people at our slash free horror stories reddit group. If you want to hear more amazing stories like these be sure to subscribe and hit that bell, so you don't miss an episode. I will be uploading a few times per week, so there will always be fresh content. Signing off until next time boys and girls. If you have a story you would like on an episode my email is regimeov187 at gmail.com. Hit me up G.